Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. It's just one small verse, so you can follow along on the screen or read in your pew Bible. But listen for God's word to you today. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again. I want to say um, hi to all of you who are here in person on this World Communion Sunday. Hi to those watching online uh, on YouTube or on Facebook Live. Hi to those who are going to listen to this sermon podcast later in the week. We've been blessed by the music of our uh, musical leaders and the virtual choir today. Um, By hearing the scripture read by Young Law, thank you for um, opening it for us. The one that I get to read, the gospel lesson, is so short that it, uh, it, it almost seems like it's not enough, and yet... It's bread for our lives. It's something that we can hear from God and and, uh, enjoy and be fed by and nourished by. I hope that is what you will experience today. Trying to get myself together. We're in a sermon series this fall about the kingdom of God, and we're trying to find out what is God's kingdom like? Um, Where is it? How How does it work? How does it operate? And what does it mean for us? And today's um, parable from Jesus is really simple and yet powerful. It's something that's really simple to understand in a way, but also has a powerful message for us. He says that the kingdom of God is like a woman who takes yeast and mixes it together with three measures of flour. And somebody noted this week that might not be the full recipe. You know, if you're baking bread, you might want to add a couple of other things uh, in there. But this is... um, Jesus is like me. This is, he's simple on his, um, his cooking recipes. So um, he says he takes, this woman takes uh, yeast and three measures of flour and mixes it together. And it's in that mixing, in that miraculous chemical way that those things interact with each other, that something happens. And the dough, the loaf, rises, and it ends up being delicious. The outcome is something that's delicious. The yeast in this story is the active agent. It is what gets things moving, growing, and changing. In God's kingdom, there is movement and growth and change. That's the nature of God's kingdom, according to Jesus' parable. So what do you think this yeast, this active agent, could be? What does it represent? What is it, I wonder, that gets mixed into our minds, our hearts, and our lives, that gets us moving or growing or changing, thinking and believing in a different way? For Christians, we see the Scripture, God's Word to us in the Bible, as that active agent, the yeast that is mixed into our lives. The teaching and message of the Bible is something that has the power to cause us to move, change, or grow. Of course, we know that other things would like to be that yeast for us. Other things would like to be the yeast in our lives. In two chapters earlier in the Bible, in Matthew 11, Jesus says, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And and then it says that the yeast of the Pharisees is their teaching. So look out for other teachings. Look out for other yeast that would, that would want to shape your life or form your life in a different way. Instead, 
let the yeast of Christ, the word of Christ, dwell in you richly. It's like that old memory verse from Psalm 1911. Let's see if we can remember it. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yes. God's word, which is sown in us, which is mixed in us, blesses us and grows us. But there's other yeast that would try to be in your life. You know, we live in a time with all kinds of yeast around us. This comes from the news sources that we follow. And I'm not talking to one side or the other of any aisle. That is true for us. The way we consume information shapes us. The politics of our day have become a new religion with its own orthodoxy. We're being catechized, taught, led into a way of thinking or acting that is based largely on the yeast of this world. This is what modern life is like, isn't it? Where we're bombarded every day by messages from the news about technology, advertising, political warfare, the ideal body type, and so-called success. And what I'm saying isn't a surprise to you, and I'm not saying it with any judgment. I'm just describing the world we live in. Isn't that right? So how can we, we who seek to follow Jesus in our lives, how can we find a way through? How can we make our way? I think that the message of Jesus is that God is at work in our world, like that woman in the parable where God has has this active agent and is mixing it into the dough. And God's word in scripture is something, is, is that thing that can really transform or change our lives. Have you ever had this experience where you come to church and the scripture is read, and the sermon is preached, and the songs are sung, and there's a line from that day. There's a, a something about what is said or sung or prayed that sticks with you. And you go out to brunch, and you go to the grocery store, and you go to work on Monday, and then you see it showing up in your life. Does that ever happen to you? You say, we were just talking about that in my church, about forgiveness, about patience, about putting up with somebody else out of love for them. It works that way. On this World Communion Sunday, there are some things that we want to um, remember, like the fact that we are in communion, in relationship, in connection with other believers around the world. We're not on our own. And even people who have very different cultures or backgrounds or denominations from us. And one of the things that's an essential part of our unity, if you're wondering what what is unifying about this table, one of the things that gives us unity with other believers is our shared scripture. You know, you meet someone who's from another part of the world who is a Christian. They read the same scriptures as us. They know the same stories. They follow the same God. They hold the same hope. So I'm focusing on this with you because I wonder if you're like me and sometimes you eat unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. Not fluffy, yeasty bread full of the word of life, but unleavened bread. Remember the story in Exodus, in the Bible, the Old Testament, the way that God's people had to get out of Egypt fast to get away from Pharaoh. And so because they had to move so quickly, they didn't have time to put the yeast or the leaven into their bread. They didn't have time to let it rise. They had to eat it thin, kind of hard, not fully developed, but it was emergency bread. They needed to do what they needed to do to get out of Egypt. I suspect some of us have been eating and living on emergency bread, unleavened bread. I mean, after all, this pandemic time has 
has changed our lives in so many ways. I wonder if you've been disappointed, let down, felt like your life was out of your control because your life has been out of your control. Mine has too. And so we turn to emergency bread, just whatever is at hand, but there's no yeast in it. This teaching from Jesus today says that God's word comes to us like leaven for the loaf. It helps it to rise, to develop, to grow, to become what it's supposed to be. And our main source of this kind of nourishment, spiritual nourishment, is here on Sunday mornings when we worship together, when we hear God's word read and proclaimed. So how do we get into that? How do we do that? How do we extend that from this day or this place? Um, as some of you know who follow our church on Facebook, we have been invited as a church on this World Communion Sunday to join a partner church of ours in Nairobi, Kenya, um, in a month-long scripture reading challenge. You might have heard about this. Uh, my friend is named Pastor Edward Furi, and uh, some of you will, will remember him. You've seen him before. There he is. Oh, this is a shirt he bought for me in Kenya. Um, and Reverend, uh, Reverend Furi's congregation is a Presbyterian church of East Africa congregation in greater Nairobi, Kenya, and they started this month-long October, 31 days, 31 chapters of the Proverbs, scripture challenge, and they invited us to join them. And I'm inviting you today. I wonder if you, as you hear this idea that the, the yeast of God is God's word in our lives and that it can activate us and it can change us, it can help us, maybe you join our church on this one-month reading challenge. I invite you. Um, the way that it's going to work and there's, uh, is on, on our Facebook page each day, we'll put up the scripture. So if you're on Facebook and you want to read it there and comment, you can. Or you can read it at home in your Bible. Or you can read it with a friend and have kind of a, uh, a partner, somebody you want to say, hey, did you read it? Let's talk about it. Lisa and I this week, we sat in our kitchen and we read this, the Proverbs out loud. There's something very salty about those Proverbs. There's something very interesting about them. The Proverbs in the Bible are part of the wisdom literature of the scripture. So when we read the Proverbs, we are seeking the wisdom of God. When we read those, those Proverbs, we don't do it just for ourselves, but it puts us into communion with others around the world. Other Christians are reading the same book this month, this day, with us. What a way to express our, our communion in a worldwide sense. So I, I invite you to join us on Facebook. I invite you to be part of it with our church. Um, some, of the, um, some of the Proverbs will not be your favorite. I'll give you a heads up. Some of the Proverbs are really weird. And you're going to say, like, Pastor Dave, what is this one proverb I read? Um, and there's some weird ones, but there's also some great ones. So you know, let God speak to you as you read those, those Proverbs. Let, let the yeast grow in your life. Halfway through the sermon, take a breath. You might say, well, this is not a very surprising message. I'm in church. The preacher is telling me to read my Bible. Okay, got it. Thanks for that. Uh, so let's go a little further. I wonder what other uh, leaven in the dough God might be giving us on this day, on this World Communion Sunday and in the times in which we're living. What, how else is God going to stir up something in us that grows us or challenges us? We're thinking today about the way we're in, re in, in communion with um, fellow believers around the globe, people who are on the other side of the world. But what I notice is that here in our area where we live, the world has come to us. The world has come to our doorsteps. 
The world has moved into our neighborhood. And we are all actually a changing environment. Here in the Bay Area especially, you don't have to go to the other side of the world to meet someone who has a really different background than you do. And that is so exciting. That is so exciting. I wonder if God is using the new, newer neighbors, people who have a different cultural or ethnic or uh, family background than you or me, to bless our church and to expand, expand and grow us as God's people. I wonder if there are people who have parents or grandparents who grew up in a different country than yours. I think this is actually a feature of God's kingdom and not a bug. It's a feature, not a bug, to embrace the diversity of what God is doing in the world. Parker Palmer, who's a Christian spiritual writer, he once said this. He said, Hospitality, rightly understood, is premised on the notion that the stranger has much to teach us. So in hospitality, um, it, the idea is not that we know all the answers and we have everything and, yeah, no, this is, this is Pastor Dave's table. The idea is that as we gather together or encounter the other, the stranger, the new, the different, whatever that means, that we have something to learn as well. We have a way that we can grow and benefit even as, we're in, as we bless others. So in the Old Testament lesson today, we, saw, we heard about Abraham and Sarah, those, that patriarch and matriarch of the Bible, and the way that they extended hospitality to those three mysterious strangers, people they didn't know who were different from them, and yet they gathered around that meal. I think one of the blessings of our congregation, our church, is, that, is the way that we share life together. In fellowship, we know that God is busy leavening the bread, lifting us up, helping us to grow when we gather with neighbors, those who are similar and those who are different. I want to say welcome to our newer members, those who stood up here today, those eight or nine folks. As you come into the life of our congregation, I hope you'll get to know um, that our church is centered around hospitality, the hospitality that God gives us, the welcome we share, and the relationships that make it matter. So here in the North American context, here in the Bay Area, here at PCLG, we seek to embrace a much more diverse context as a way of leavening the loaf. What a work God is doing. I think it is probably the major movement of God's spirit in our time. That's a big statement. You should write that down. The major movement of God's spirit in our time for the church in North America is increasing diversity around us and the way that we're called to respond. Since God has given us a spirit of hospitality where we want to, break, to sit down and break bread together, the opportunity comes to us again and again. What does that mean? What is the yeast that God is giving us today to mix into the dough? I want to challenge you this week to, in response to God's word to have eyes of faith open as you go out into your, into your days. I wonder um, if you would have a conversation with somebody here at church. Maybe they're already here in our congregation. You're going to get to know them. But more likely, somebody who God is asking you to offer hospitality and relationship to already lives on your block, already is down the street. Where you're in a coffee shop, you will meet them. When you're in line at the grocery store, you will see them. And this is the chance we have to say hi, to get to know somebody, to invite them over, to nod, to smile, even through a mask to do those small things that say, I am here and open 
Because as God's people, um, the things we do matter just as much as what we say. Gandhi, the great Indian thinker and leader of the previous century, he talked about it as evangelism of the rose. He said, a rose doesn't say a word, and yet everyone knows it smells so sweet. What if our lives were like that, where the, the sweetness of our lives and what we did and how we acted just spoke to the gospel that's behind it? Here on Sunday, we proclaim it, and I hope that we'll have those hearty conversations of faith, but the openness, the hospitality that we start with really is an indication of the rose that's at work in us. So I wonder what will happen for us this week and in the days ahead. Here as God's people when we go out into the world with the yeast of what God is stirring up in us. God's word as the activating element and then the newness of who is in our, is in our midst as part of the mix. Anything could happen. That's part of the adventure of a life of faith. So this week, here's what we have ahead. First, scripture reading with our partner church in Kenya. One proverb chapter a day. Look it up in the Bible. It's right after the Psalms. Open the Bible in the middle. You're in the Psalms. A little later, Proverbs, one a day. Second, attention to the stranger or the new person in your midst and how you will greet them or know them or extend hospitality. And then third, today we have this table set before us. And this is the table of grace that we are being invited to in this moment. So if you're here today and you're looking for a yeasty change point in your life, something to spark or happen, I believe that God will meet you in this communion moment. You are invited to experience God's yeasty presence and word. Maybe you're here today and you feel like a stranger. You don't yet belong. You don't know where you fit in. You're also invited to this table. I hope you'll come. The hospitality that we share is an expression of the hospitality of God, of Jesus, who himself is the Lord of this table, and so it is open, to, and we seek for you to experience God through this time. Maybe you're here today, we're talking about communion, and you feel all alone, kind of feel cut off, kind of feel like you're, you're not connected. I invite you today as well, because in this table, you will be in communion with God, with each other, and with those believers around the world, and it is so exciting to be part of a family of faith. Come and get to know what that's like. Some of us have been eating unleavened bread these days. We have been on emergency footing Things aren't the way we want them to be. And that's right when we need to come to this table. Because here, the bread has leaven in it, even though it tastes terrible in those little wafers. I know. I know. Pastor Erica keeps ordering them. <laughs> Only I have a microphone. The yeast is at work, friends. The yeast is at work. It's in the bread we will eat. It's a sign of God's presence with us, just something stirring up this day. So say yes to the yeast. Say yes to the yeast today, not the yeast of the Pharisees and not the yeast of the world, but the yeast that God mixes into the dough of our lives that we may all rise together. Amen? Amen. Amen.